0: Okay, so I've got stuff on woke narratives, and you've got some other stuff. I have an
1: election twenty-four update. I have uh, vote vets, which is an organization that is trying to ban Fox News on bases around the world, and I have an
0: anti-Semitism update from Wisconsin. Apparently, right. it's going crazy there. Good. I got a couple other things if we have time. Okay, let's Ready? do this. Do it.
2: Okay, people, let's begin. Five, four, three,
3: two,
1: one, two, zero. All we have a liftoff. We have liftoff. Hello, everybody. Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast, Episode 8. It is Friday, March 17th, and with me always, as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative in our image, is filmmaker and rebel pundit Jeremy Siegel.
0: Thank you, Mr.
1: Hello, Marcus. Jeremy. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Mr. Marcus. And Are you ready? Are you ready for this day? I was getting ready, and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm glad that worked out for you.
1: Well, I think I'm ready. <laughs> it's been a, there's been a lot of news, frankly, more than we can possibly cover, uh, but we're going to do our best to bring you what you
0: need and what you want. And just so everybody knows today is a first Mr Marcus is recording from a remote location a different I remote was almost location. curious to
1: see yeah I, I was I was curious to see if anybody was going to notice I, i'm on a different microphone i'm in a different space uh but I'm using a lot of the same technology, so i didn't know whether or not people would notice. But yes, I am on the road. We've taken Truth Bait on the road. I'm traveling. And because we have said we will come to you every Tuesday and Friday without fail, ladies and gentlemen, I have lugged my studio across the country to bring you Truth Bait, Episode 8.
0: And where are you today, Mr. Marcus?
1: I am in the middle of the largest homeless encampment in the United States, Los
0: Angeles. Oh, lovely! Are you getting us a film deal? <laughs> I'm going to be lucky to get breakfast out here.
1: <laughs> this town, we can we can get into this if you want to. But and I've only been in town for about 24 hours, and I haven't been here since before COVID. And I have to say, I'm shocked by what I'm seeing. It is a different city. It is a homeless encampment. The homeless are everywhere. And the homeless are different here than like than they are in Chicago. Uh, in Chicago, homeless pretty much they they'll occupy you know a street corner or an off ramp from a freeway. Here, they're everywhere, and. The thing that was most shocking to me was I noticed that the homeless here, they have RVs. So you'll look under an underpass, and there will be on both sides of the underpass lined three or four large RVs. And then they have all of their camping stuff out on the sidewalk. They look like they're in an RV park, but they're not. They are underneath the overpasses in Los Angeles. And I can only believe that's intentional this this is willful these people have rvs you could you could buy them a tank of gas and send them out of town you could impound their rvs but they are allowing people to just camp anywhere camping under the overpasses and the whole city
0: uh, to
1: me resembles something of a shanty town
0: worse than last time i was out there with you far worse wow well let's don't encourage them anyone to get them a tank of gas will leave them in California <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you could you could push
1: them into a different part of California they don't have to be in the most uh, populated area uh, the metropolis you know and I'm of mixed mind of this frankly it's America you have the freedom to be you know where you are uh, but there is something about this is this at this point is degrading the entire community, and I don't know how they're going to, over the long run, attract businesses, attract people. People don't feel safe. I was talking to a relative of mine who lives here uh, now, and, and uh, he was saying that regularly in his at his apartment, he's in Hollywood, which is not exactly a fringe area, a uh, pretty mainstream area. And he said that the homeless, they occupy every single doorway leading into his building. He has to call the building manager to get them to come and clear out the homeless. And even then, it's it's temporary. He said that the, the, the building manager came and took all of the garbage or belongings of the homeless people who were living in the doorway and, and put them in the trash room and locked the trash room. And they were right back within 24 hours with a whole new load of garbage because it's very easy to find i guess belongings uh for the street um well it's unfortunate i don't know about easy but you know like yes it is a tragedy and and by the way these people are homeless because of largely because of progressive policies and uh and off the charts greed in this town Um, i think
0: it's woke i think it's woke policies woke what does that mean jeremy don't be throwing
1: the word woke around you have to define it
0: do you know what woke means
1: well i know somebody who uh, vivek ramaswamy was asked what woke means no what does woke
0: mean to you mr mark what is
1: woke woke to me is marxism woke to me is cultural marxism that's probably the,
0: the the best way i could boil it down into like a few words good one my ding needs to be louder and i think you should get an applause for that one but have you noticed (laughs) there we go well you did notice i'll applause me anytime (laughs) because you brought it up last week and you were about to play a clip of uh of an answer to my question what is marxism and that was vivek so vivek i heard somebody Uh, say vivek (laughs) you go with vivek i'm going with vivek and between the two of us hopefully we have a shot of being right maybe we could get a producer to do some research and figure it out once and for all because we've had that discussion on all eight episodes now i think
1: if we have any indian americans uh who would like to uh tell us how to pronounce this name correctly we are more than willing to hear uh yeah i have that clip do you want to hear it
0: yeah you liked his you picked it out a a week or so ago of that he was asked what woke is and you liked his explanation of it and i think uh, i've got a bunch of clips that have to do with this there's a there's a narrative scheme going on with woke and the demand for people to define what it is and i think that's uh what, what something we should talk about and cover so let's start with that one and then I've got some others to accompany it
1: okay this is uh, Vivek on with CNN's Caitlin Collins and she asks him the question how do you define woke I'll skip her question I'll get right to his answer and I, I don't think this is the best answer I do think this is a very good answer for politicians when they're given this
2: question uh, on the, uh, by the by the media yeah, and I'm going to define it in neutral terms, not in critical terms. Being woke refers to becoming alert to invisible societal injustices, generally based on genetically inherited characteristics like race, sex, and sexual orientation, and then being called upon to act on those injustices using whatever potential legally means are necessary, including the market, to do it.
1: Now, I think that's a great answer because it, is, it, it isn't neutral. He's, in, he's, he's being coy about it. It's not neutral. It's their definition of woke. It's the woke's definition of woke. Progressives define woke this way. He gives her an answer she cannot argue with. She can't be defensive about it. That's why I think that was a very good answer.
0: I'm looking on Webster's Dictionary.com. Merriam-Webster.com. And uh, there's two definitions for woke. The first definition for woke sounds like he might have read it, aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. Uh, the other definition of woke is past tense and past participle of wake. Um,
1: so he, <laughs> he might have got wait, 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 wake as in like a as in a funeral service wake or wake as in uh, awoken, as in, I think, wo- I think, like, you <laughs> woke up, <laughs> yeah, or waked up, <laughs> okay. I guess.
0: Um, so, yeah, and and you liked that definition, and yes. now there's, there's a, uh, I mean, I think my definition is more
1: succinct and accurate, but I think his is the one that's, uh, best for media consumption in a can, in a, from
0: a candidate. And I think when you picked that up last week, um, I didn't. I hadn't really noticed it yet, but I saw things starting to trickle out this week, and basically everybody is kind of now talking about what does woke mean and and whether woke is good or bad. I've got a first clip here. Well, wait, why is that? Why is it becoming an issue now? Well, I think it's. I think it's part of a a program or an operation, basically that is occurring and it's it's keeping us in a dialectical attack woke is basically marxism uh, but nobody will seems to say that it's marxism and as long as we're not calling it what it is then we're in trouble and everybody is forced to defend what their opinion of it is so i'll i'll start by playing a couple clips and i think you'll notice you know how it's working and how it's revealing itself this this form of of attack
2: all right the term woke can elicit a wide range of emotions and reaction which is reflected in a recent ipsos poll
0: this is sean spicer who was a Press secretary for Donald Trump. Now he's got a show on Newsmax and he's got Dave Rubin, uh, who's a political commentator, radio host, I think, in California actually. We know him, don't we? We do. we spent time with him when we were following uh Milo for a month. Yeah, right. And um he evidently now identifies as a center right uh person, which I he didn't when we knew him so uh, uh are, yeah that means he's still embarrassed to say he's on the right now right so these are their takes here or or Spicer's got a bunch of stats which I find interesting
2: a survey of over a thousand American adults found that 40 percent of respondents considered woke to be an insult with that number spiking to be 60 percent when you talk to Republicans conversely only 30 percent 32 percent of Americans considered woke to be a compliment with that increasing to 46 percent among Democrats but here. Here's the thing, it gets interesting because 56% of all respondents define woke as informed, educated on, and aware of social injustices, but only 39% it means to be overtly politically correct and police others' words. So do we face an uphill battle convincing Americans about the evils of woke culture? Joining us now to break it all down is Dave Rubin, the host. Of the ruben report and a very unwoke individual uh dave the interesting thing is among republicans and conservatives we seem to get this right that woke is a bad thing we use it as a pejorative among a lot of americans though they use woke as a term of endearment oh you're woke you're a good person don't we have a, a problem here because i i think for many americans you're, you're kind of almost talking past each other
4: yeah well sean personally i'd prefer to be called awake than woke uh but yes the fact that we cannot define terms is a huge problem right now i would say in this specific case look woke the idea of wokeness, which ultimately, if we wanted to, like, strip it to its barest essentialism, is the idea that everyone will end up in the same place at the end. This is equity, not equality. And then they have, you know, a racial version of this and a sexuality version of this and all the other oppressions that they mash into these things.
0: Okay, so he's sort of got a good answer, like Vivek has. Um, it's his conclusion of it. He's he's saying what woke means. That's it's it's I, listening to his description. Woke almost sounded positive. Is, did he sound positive? Is I thought he idea sounded
4: that everyone will end up in the same place at the end. This is equity, not equality. And then they yeah, to have, the left. You know, that's a, a positive.
0: Version. Yeah, right. So
1: <laughs> he's basically
4: giving them, so he's basically
0: <laughs> reinforcing that line of effort yes. that woke is good. All right, good catch. Um, jumping over to MSNBC, they had an interesting conversation about it, and um, this is uh, on their Friday Night Cap show with Alex Witt, Reverend Al Sharpton, David Gura, and Paul Rinkhoff only one i've ever heard of is the great reverend al sharpton um here we go
5: all right i want to talk about a new topic it very much aligns with what we're already covering i just want everyone to listen to this it-
0: she said it's a new topic i think she meant a new topic for the show this evening
5: it is a sample of what we recently heard from conservatives and right-wing media about their favorite subject
0: and she's pushing it on the right basically there's like a painting that all of this woke talk comes from the right. It's all from the right. Woke, woke, right, right. Woke, woke, right, right.
6: This current federal government is now controlled by a group of woke idiots. The
7: Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day.
0: Woke idiots, woke fantasies. They're sort of, that's Hannity and that's... uh, uh, Huckabee Sanders basically, you know, they're calling woke idiocy and lunacy. I would say that's not a good way to attack woke.
2: We will demolish woke tyranny.
0: We will never ever surrender to the woke mob. Trump and DeSantis I think are a little bit better calling it tyranny and a mob. Florida Wokeness is not just a political ideology. It's not just something annoying
6: that emerged on college campuses that we can ignore. It's a state religion.
8: Wokeness is a virus more dangerous than any pandemic hands down.
3: Remember, wokeism isn't just an attack on reason. It's an attack on fun.
0: (laughs) Okay. Nobody, I think, uh, is really getting at the, at the core of woke there. Now here's a left, uh, Perspective of woke again. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Friday. What
5: does the one of it? do with this? Right, a war on wokeness. The the woke mob. The most recent mob in this country was on January sixth. People storming our capital, threatening to violently attack members of Congress. But. This is what we watch every night. And this has Americans fired up.
9: It's a remarkable catch-all phrase that I don't think anybody would define in the same way. And I think that's why and they're exploiting it? it so yeah. effectively. And I think if you were to ask any of those people, we just saw what it means, you'd get a different answer from each and every
0: So that's part of the new narrative is nobody can define what woke is. So if yeah, but did, you, you
1: hear the, did you hear the fear in their voice, did you hear that fear? But he if, said that they're exploiting it so successfully. right.
0: So, this, I think, is why this is coming out now, and it's being painted in this way that nobody knows what woke is. So, if you're a conservative talking about woke, I'm going to make you define it. Then, when you define it, I'm going to make you defend your position, and I'm going to pick you apart and make you look like an idiot, and you're going to be demoralized for it.
8: They, they use it as a pejorative, right? If you've got Ron DeSantis calling you woke, that is bad news bears. You don't want that because he's coming after you. Although if he did that to me, I'd go, thank you. But having said that, I think the word woke, as evidenced by a poll that we saw this week, what it really means, it's a modern sort of way to describe people who are educated on, they're aware of social media, they're aware of social issues, they've kind of studied it. And I think that's what being woke truly is i mean you're you're aware of the interaction and what different groups in our society have had to go through I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad word. It just depends who's calling you that. that. That's
10: your definition. If you ask Americans, you're going to be pretty evenly divided on, on what it means. If right. you but ask I think the world is evenly you're, divided. You have a point. I mean, yeah, that, that's the was. MSNBC version right. of what woke yeah. is. The, the Fox News version is much more aggressive, what, much what, more what pejorative. different Americans have different views on woke. Yeah.
0: And what I always say to people when they start talking about woke. Well, this is an important point from the reverend al what's the opposite sleep you rather be- <laughs> i, I yeah. mean it, 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 yeah he's been reading the dictionary
10: and and i think you changed the <laughs> argument do you want to be woke or do you want to be sleep yeah. and 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 then you have to define what sleep means and what woke means and you can't let them define it. whoever
0: that's the point but defines yes. you
10: confines you jesse jackson used All to right. say okay.
0: whoever defines you confines you boy don't they know that it's funny how he loves jesse jackson i saw in a protest recently they were pushing jesse jackson in a wheelchair so he's i guess he's not maybe he's not doing that well And the last time i saw that guy and i interviewed him he was he's getting up there i think um but i saw him he was walking with the classic shuffle no, the you last know, I just saw him recently feet, on dude. TV. They were pushing him at the front of a march in a wheelchair, and he looked like he wasn't even there mentally anymore. Which, like I said, the last time I interviewed him, he was he was pretty out of it. So, um, but it's funny because there's a there's always been a huge rivalry between the two. They were marching together in that march, and now here he is well, talking like about Jesse Pepsi again. Right? It's like the 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 two big poverty pimps, and uh, now. I guess now that Jesse maybe isn't doing that well, Reverend Al has uh, some love for him. But I'll continue here.
8: But yeah, well, what, like the, what it is is
0: right. a, the new wedge issue. It's the wedge issue of 2023. It's a f- so it's the new wedge issue of 2023. effective for them. It's
10: effective for the left. Oh, the, the word. It's an immediately bad Calling call Democrats that. communists doesn't work anymore.
0: Calling Democrats communists doesn't work anymore. Liberals doesn't when, work when, when anymore. When did it hope- work? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've never been allowed to call them communists. Right. Probably. Te- so he just reinforced that.
10: That's much higher than all of that. So they're going to continue to use it. And if you talk to independents, they're kind of on the fence for Republicans. It gets them animated. They feel under attack. And, and this is going to continue to be, I think, the lead element for most every campaign in the country, if you're on the right side. Of
0: it. Then what? So. That. I think. Is why there's that. Attack now coming to make everybody define it, and this one really jumped out at me. And it's a a video that's going viral on uh, from the Hill on their show, The Rising, and Bethany Mandel or Mandel. She was she was like a big never Trumper uh, in twenty sixteen. She just wrote a book about wokeness. And so they asked her what wokeness was.
7: Native Americans consider themselves very liberal and probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when when well, we talk does about that mean traditional... What right- Would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times and I just want to make sure we're on the
11: same page.
1: Boy, word has gotten out that that's the tactic, right?
0: So if you say, if you're out there and you say woke, be prepared the next thing coming out of whoever you're debating or whoever you're talking to's mouth if they think you're t- looking at woke from a negative perspective this is the question you're going to be asked now listen to how she handles it
7: so i mean woke is w- sort of the idea that um
0: she just wrote a book about woke
7: i This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it.
0: She spent an entire chapter defining it.
1: She she should try reading it. You know who she sounds like? She sounds like George Soros. Uh, uh, uh,
0: Yeah. um, uh, uh, uh. (laughs) She's struggling. This is amazing. Okay.
7: It is sort of the understanding that we need to to totally reimagine and re re Reduce society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, Oh, sorry. I it's it's hard to explain in a fifteen second soundbite.
2: Yeah,
1: look at You can take your time. (laughs) Take your time. We (laughs) we love how you're doing. Take your time, please. Take take the take the rest of the show.
2: (laughs) Take a whole chapter
0: if you want. That's that's fine. Just Um, pull out your book and start reading from that chapter.
1: That would be better than what you just did. (laughs)
0: She did start getting to a point that was sort of making sense, but it's articulated uh, much better and more clearly by Dr. Yoram Hazani, who I've never heard of on the Jordan Peterson podcast. And I've got that clip ready to go right here. And and this is a pretty good explanation.
12: Right. But notice that... You know, the, I mean, the, this issue goes all the way back to Marx. No, notice that the uh, that the, the theory is that that uh, uh, hierarchical structures and. Gr-
0: uh, uh, Bethany had mentioned hierarchical structures. Okay, now he takes it to a, a better point of explaining what that means. Comp-
12: competition between groups always means that there's going to be oppression, and the goal mm-hmm. is always to to over overthrow the dominant hierarchy, but notice that marx doesn't answer marx doesn't answer the question of what's going to come after the revolution I and mean, he's incredibly vague about it and this continues to this day which is that the the, the the unspoken truth here is that these woke neo-marxists are masters at creating tight hierarchical structures that people can fit into that that i, I mean wow. that, that's that's the reason that that, that People get sucked into this woke thing. They they sound so much like robots, and they're they're you know they're they're constantly repeating you know precisely the new thing that they're supposed to be saying, and the reason for this is because because the, their their own hierarchical structures that they are creating are are of the you know the uh, the tightest and most disciplined kinds. So so I mean the, there is. Um, I think you can I think a lot of people sense this, that there, there's a terrible hypocrisy in in the whole in the whole woke thing in that the claim is that they're, you know, they're they're bringing social justice by overthrowing existing, uh, existing social structures, existing hierarchies. But they themselves are imposing precisely the same thing that they're well, worse. That they're going to just,
1: no, no, wow. no,
0: they're.
1: Impos- he got there at the very end. But right. I mean, what an awful
0: answer. So remember, um, they they've been pivoting in this that this is a Republican thing. Do, but you remember where I, th- I I think this is where woke really started coming out a few years ago. Do you remember when we first really heard the term woke? I don't remember the first instance. Causing something worse I'm- here. My
9: millennials, stay woke!
0: <laughs> that oh, who was, was that? Maxine. Maxine uh, Waters. My she millennials, stay woke! She didn't define it. Okay, somebody it. needs
1: to get up to Maxine Waters right now and ask her to define woke.
0: Yeah, ask her what woke is. Well, she'll give you that. She'll probably give you the definition that v- 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 Vivek v- gave you. Um, this this definition that's in the dictionary now, or this other definitions that it, it's a, a level of awareness. Um, and the other the other big one, which comes from this woman in USA Today. They're ta- I mean, everybody is talking about defining woke right now. Um,
5: this is such a regular part of the English language.
0: It's a regular part of the English language. So just. You should understand it, stupid.
5: That um, it would seem that the obvious connotations would be a conscious.
0: A conscience. Um,
5: and so, in a way, that should be the first thing that people think of, right? Because that is what it has meant for Song Long. That is how it's been used. In recent years, racial conservatives have co-opted the word woke for their own purposes.
0: Racial conservatives have co-opted the word woke for their own purposes. You listen to the music in the background. This is produced yeah. by USA Today. <laughs> so it's like a really nice ad they have here.
5: So what we're seeing in the state of Florida with anti-woke legislation, stop woke legislation, um, is is to be a counter um, to these calls towards racial justice, right? Um, and so, it's it's really um, it's really telling that a, a word and a term that has been couched in African American Black culture in politics for well over a hundred years um, is being turned on its head to be framed as something that there. Need, There needs to be anti legislation too.
0: So the they're panicking, man. Racial conservatives have taken this term away from black culture. And here's her last point:
5: shut it down. The word woke does not mean anti anybody. The word does not mean anti white. If it means anything anti, it means anti white supremacist.
0: (laughs) So. That's a good definition. And she said, I don't know if you caught when she said racial conservatives. Right. <laughs> what what in the world is a racial conservative? It's a racialist. A racialist conservative <laughs> who has taken this term away from
9: my millennials, <laughs> stay woke.
0: Black politicians, black civil rights activists. Okay. Yeah, they're and they're
1: panicking, Jeremy. They're panicking.
0: Well, I don't know if they're panicking. I think they're... I think they're, they're
1: panicking and they're using it. They're trying to turn it around and use it to their advantage.
0: And I think that's going to work because you see people like Bethany Mandel, basically, who wrote a bo- book about it, totally choke. And the guy in the MSNBC segment, he's talking about how if you ask people, nobody can really define it. Everybody has a different definition of it. So they're negating... This argument that woke is bad. You say it's bad. You why is it bad? You can't even tell me why it's bad. And then you had David French, who was another no tru- uh, never trumper, a, a, a rabid never trumper. Who he's a writer at, uh, used to be National Review, now he's New York Times. And he, he even ran for president in 2016. That's how much he hated Donald Trump. And this is a, this guy's a supposed to be a conservative. He tweeted yesterday, woke defined. Positive definition, increased awareness of very real historical and existing systemic injustice. Negative definition, liberal progressivism centered around race and gender. Bad faith, <laughs> bad faith, right wing definition. Anything even one millimeter to the tweeter's left. Wow. He's a real piece of work. Yeah. So uh, the response from Although Linux. he works at the New York Times though,
1: so he's <laughs> he knows well, he's he a knows real who's cons- sitting real around conservatives him. <laughs> right at the New
0: York Times, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Linux Hippie responded woke to find Marxism. Pro tip. Ah. Pro tip. There is no middle. So, I thought that was a good one. And that takes me to the last point in this, and we can move on, um, but is going back to our friend Steve Coglin, and how do you deal with these types of Marxist attack narratives? And he says, one must attack the reasons for the narrative while defending what it targets. And his response is... Uh, woke is the outcome of successfully executed dialectically determined intersectional lines of effort along Marxist mass line narratives. And that might be hard to understand, but I would encourage people to write that down and think about it a little bit. Say
1: it again. Read that again.
0: Woke is the outcome of successfully executed dialectically determined intersectional lines of effort along marxist mass line narratives and if you go backwards with it you have marxist mass line narratives and woke was one of those that came out of marxist maxine waters mouth okay and that's a line of effort And it was dialectically determined before this whole woke thing started. It was determined to be a line of effort. And we're dealing with it now. We're in the outcome of it. It's successfully executed, okay? It came out. It was a big thing to champion, just like BLM was, just like COVID masks were, and now it doesn't even matter what happens with it, and it doesn't even matter if Vivek has a good response or if uh DeSantis attacks it, you know, with new legislation in Florida. Because it's already been successfully executed. It's already enforced mass line narratives. And that's where we're finding ourselves now, where we're disenfranchised and demoralized because you can't even define what it is. It's already done the work.
1: Well, uh, hmm. I see your point, and I can see where that is... a. Uh, a a high-level goal for them and where that works to their advantage. But I I, I also just, I see where where the right has never been able to define the left. You can't call them Marxist because that's hateful. You can't call them communist because that's hateful. Every time the right has tried to describe what it is that's happening on the left, they are shut down and they're accused of hyperbole. And woke is something different. Woke seems to be the first thing on the right that they've actually been able to get their hooks into and put the left on the defensive. Because when I'm listening to all of this, I, you may be right that this is exactly what they want, but I can't help but notice how defensive they sound and how panicked they sound. And I can't help but feel if the right is capable of seizing this moment, and not just the right. Again, it's anyone who is non-left if the non-left can seize this moment, we can crush them narratively. I so, guess what's the tactic? Do you never mention woke again, or do you shove woke down their throats? But do it smartly and effectively.
0: Well, I and I think that the the point that Coglin makes here is if you if you listen to Vivek's definition and you listen to these other so-called conservatives' definitions of it. Um, that's one thing, but he's he's I think trying to define it in a way uh, through discourse theory that attacks it at the same time while they defend it. And like you said, with you pointed out with Dave Rubin, the way Dave Rubin was explaining it in a meaning to sound negative actually sounded positive. <laughs> Right, and so uh, he he writes on his website, Unconstrained Analytics, to counter Marxist attack narratives. One must attack the reasons for the narrative, while defending what it targets. For example, false science claims used to justify the suspension of rights to supersede the constitutional. Basis of governance, false science claims used to justify the su- the suspension of rights, to supersede the constitutional basis of governance. That's what false science does. That's why we had false science during the COVID narrative. His same thing he's doing right here woke is the outcome of successfully executed dialectically determined intersectional lines of effort along Marxist mass line narratives. What would that be translated to in layman terms? I think that's what he's doing is countering Marxist attack narratives. One must attack the reason for the narrative while defending what it targets.
1: Yeah, but okay, just for a moment. You're you're one of our... Active listener producers, what can they do given this information? What can they do? How do they approach this subject? I they're think, in a conversation with their family member and they're saying, uh, This wokeness is out of control. And the family member says, Well, how do you define wokeness? So now they're caught in the trap.
0: I would call it Marxist. I would, def- if somebody told me to define what woke is, I would say it's Marxism, it's a Marxist narrative attack. And it's enforcing Marxist mass line narratives and make them prove that it isn't. I wouldn't define woke any other way. I wouldn't define it as the way Webster defines it. I wouldn't define it as the way Dave Rubin defines it. I wouldn't define it as as idiots or lunacy. Because these people who are enforcing these mass line narratives down our throat know exactly what they're doing, and this is all calculated to destroy us. And as uh, the guy with Jordan Peterson pointed out, to enforce this hierarchical vision of society that they have. I mean, he was right in that sense. But, But all it is, is it's a term, and it's just like Black Lives Matter was a term. And you had the same thing happen then. Black Lives Matter was good. Black Lives Matter was bad. Black Lives Matter was also a successfully executed attack, a Marxist line of effort against us. And anybody that wants to refute that, let them try to refute that. But you have to make them defend their position cuz you're
2: already right, and that's
1: the whole game that's the that's why they're asking everybody to define this because when the the left is at a disadvantage now I believe because people have successfully negatively branded them as woke uh in a way that no other word has worked socialist marxist communist has not worked but woke is working it has traction in a way that those words do not have and so uh, uh their whole game is to recapture the language and recapture the rules by which you're allowed to even discuss language and by making you define it, it that instantly does that which they've, is they've what instantly recaptured it and they're making you define it
0: which is what the good reverend said whoever def- whoever defines you confines you <laughs> As he right, so you better be prepared with. with a
1: very good answer out there. Everybody who's going to, politicians especially, but everybody, if you're engaged in the discussion of woke, you need to uh, formulate a, a, a good answer
0: that puts it back on them. Right, make them defend their position. They're putting you in the position of having to defend yourself and then are you ready? Are you prepared to defend your opinion of what woke is? Because they've already got another answer for it that isn't what yours is. So you have, to, you have to define it correctly. And I believe that Coughlin's definition here is the most accurate. It's not about what the goals of woke are deep down. It's right here. It's, it's a successfully executed dialectical attack. It is to enforce efforts of Marxist mass line narratives. Those well, mass that, line narratives are those those mass line I I would say wokeness is is enforcement of those narratives. And no, hold
1: on in, a second. I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying what what to me what Steve Coglin seems to be talking about is not wokeness itself,
0: it's what wokeness is being used for by them, what what the utility of it really is. Right, and he's calling it an outcome. It's woke, woke is the outcome of the already successfully executed attack. So now you're sitting here talking about woke. You're already in the outcome of the successful attack. So you have to define it for but what again, it is and then move I'm, on.
1: I'm just left with, again... The 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 term woke is the most successful negative label the non left has been able to put on the left. They're desperately trying to regain control and turn the narrative back in their advantage. I get that that what what you and what Coglin are saying is that even engaging in that is success for for their side. But I also see where this is starting to crush them a bit.
0: Perhaps, perhaps.
1: So I'm not sure we let up on woke. I think the goal needs to be to make sure to hammer them with it and don't let them win the dialectical attack on it.
0: As long as you're going to correctly define what it is. But if you're going to go down the road of talking like Dave Rubin or these other people, Bethany. Or that author. Or that, right. Uh, Bethany again. You're going to lose. Uh,
1: yeah, she lost. You're That's going to for lose. Sure. You,
0: can't, you can't call them stupid. You can't call it lunacy. You know, it's it's a very calculated line of attack. It's a very sophisticated line of attack that nobody well, has been no, ready to deal with.
1: I have no confidence that anybody in media is actually going to be able to uh, take your advice, and which, it is, is, ac- which is accurate, I think. Right.
0: And it's going to dominate... It's going to dominate every conversation around the upcoming oh, yeah. election. Yeah, well,
1: you yeah because you can't <laughs> you can't be talking about the nationalization of all of our deposits. You can't talk about that. Wokeness
0: is much more important than the nationalization of all of our deposits. And you're going to see it's not going to go away. The more people continue to define it the way they're defining it, the more it reinforces the other side's support for it as a virtue. And you're going to see it every day in the election. It's not going to disappear. They're not going to run away and hide from it. Not in my opinion. Oh.
1: Well, uh, active listeners, producers, that's active listeners slash producers. If you're an active listener, you are a producer. This is the time to get your act to get activated. And please write us at truth at truthbait.com. dot com. Tell us what you think about the subject. We just went through a really uh, uh, in-depth analysis of this subject Did it help? Were you informed? Are you more confused now than at the beginning of this conversation? (laughs) Write us. I think this is something... You're right, Jeremy. This is going to be all over the 24 election, uh, and so uh, this subject isn't going anywhere. We're only going to be encountering it again and again, and I just want to tip my hat to you, Jeremy. I'll take credit for noticing that this was a new tactic that was cropping up, but you, sir have a have an understanding of why uh and i appreciate you sharing that understanding because i think there's a lot of truth in there
0: Um, i hope i i hope i didn't confuse anybody worse but uh these are the 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 sophisticatedness i guess if i could say that uh, (laughs) or the level of sophistication of these marxist attacks against us are not craziness or madness or lunacy or idiocy or just some crazy mob out there these these things are very strategically chosen and they're very effective so people really need to try to understand these types of things because it's a it's a long game here in this in these narrative battles and Nothing is getting undone, you know, if Trump gets back into office in a couple of years. All of these systems that they're using are still going to be coming at us. So you have to familiarize yourself with the methods that they're using to attack with. And then we can start to push back.
1: Uh, well, it makes me wish that we had election cycles once every 20 years. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it is, it is, this is. This is going to be huge in the election, and uh, I have other election stuff. You want to hear, uh, yeah, an, an election twenty four update? Yes. All right. Well, uh, th- th- this first part I have I have this election update in two parts. The first part is about Ukraine, and I caught this uh, piece that. Tucker did and again I don't love watching any cable news <laughs> I don't love watching Tucker I know everybody else loves Tucker I, I, it's it's exhausting for me <laughs> to watch this type of programming because it is such garbage uh, uh, but I have uh, I am watching for you Jeremy <laughs> I'm watching for our audience and I came across this Tucker Carlson segment where he Uh, asked all of the Republican candidates for the GOP nomination to give their position on Ukraine. And it was a written request and a written response. And I have a a couple of them clipped because uh, they're interesting. uh, This first one I'll play is uh, from Vivek Ramaswamy, his response. And he echoed something I've talked about before that is his real issue and is also something people need to keep their eyes open for because this is coming quote
6: china wants the ukraine war to last as long as possible to deplete western military capacity before invading taiwan it's working we think we appear stronger by helping ukraine but actually become weaker vis-a-vis china we've spent 20 years droning people in caves in the middle east and central asia and have little to show for it we should be taking out the people who have caused the deaths of more than 100,000 americans every year the Mexican drug cartels. If I were president right now, I wouldn't limit any further funding or support to Ukraine. Ukraine is not in the top five of American foreign policy priorities right now. And yet merely questioning whether the money we've spent on the war is being done effectively or perhaps even prolonging the war is seen as disloyal. We get accused by both Democrats and Republicans of being, quote, Putin sympathizers. The Washington Uniparty and defense contractors want this conflict to go on forever.
1: So uh, the th- the thing I really wanted to pay attention to there was the uh, the desire to bomb Mexico, and if you remember, I had said that I had read a quote from Vivek Ramaswamy when I first began to be aware of of this guy. And what jumped off the page at me, it wasn't, I haven't, I still have not found any audio quote of it, but it was just a, a, a printed quote where he was saying that the that the real enemy that we need to be attacking uh, are the cartels in Mexico. And you and I talked about this, that uh, my assumption, uh, my belief is that the reason that our government is allowing all of the fentanyl into the country, and I say they're allowing it because when you look at uh, uh, other medications, other, other uh, drugs, that they've wanted to keep out like uh, hydroxychloroquine and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Ivermectin. Ivermectin. They were able to keep that out no problem. Suddenly they figured out how to shut down the border and they kept those things out. So, uh, when I see that our streets are being flooded with fentanyl, I believe that our government is letting it happen, and I ask myself, well, why are they letting it happen? And I believe it is so that they can have the pretext to go in and bomb Mexico. They're going to bomb the cartels. We're going to be at war, and uh, and and all of this is just softening the ground and, and setting that up because it's all in service to the North American pact, the North American entity that is being created so vivek is out there uh uh re-pushing it but uh, the other thing that i thought was interesting about this and now i'll play uh ron desantis's uh response as well i think there's something larger going on here and tell me tell me if you think i'm right let me play let me play desantis's and and then and then we'll talk
6: about it desantis is adamantly opposed to the position that most republicans in washington have taken on ukraine desantis is not a neocon who knew quote While the U.S. has many vital national interests, DeSantis writes, securing our borders, addressing the crisis of readiness within our military, achieving energy security and independence, and checking the economic, cultural, and military power of the Chinese Communist Party, becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them. Without question, he writes, peace should be the objective. The U.S. should not provide assistance that could require the deployment of American troops or enable Ukraine to engage in offensive operations beyond its borders. F 16s and long range missiles should therefore be off the table. These moves would risk explicitly drawing the United States into the conflict and drawing us closer to a hot war between the world's two largest nuclear powers. That risk is unacceptable. DeSantis goes on to oppose the pol- policy of regime change in Moscow, which is very popular in Washington. And he points out that the Biden administration has created an alliance between Russia and China, and that's a disaster for the United States. Quote, we cannot prioritize intervention in an escalating foreign war over the defense of our own homeland, especially as tens of thousands of Americans are dying every year from narcotics smuggled across our open border and our weapons arsenals, critically for our own security, are rapidly being depleted.
1: Okay, so I think there's two things going on here. I think one, uh, Tucker is giving DeSantis a gift, uh, trying to portray him as not a neocon. And I I think that's really one of the two big things that is the motivator behind the segment. Uh, It is to give Ron DeSantis this aura of being against the grain from the GOP elite Right. and not being a neocon, First which thing I think I was is thinking all bias. Wow,
0: he got permission. <laughs> Somebody gave him permission <laughs> to say that.
1: <laughs> well, okay, yes, yeah, so now you're getting to the second part, which is that I think that this is signaling that the Ukraine war is about to end. We're going to be we're going to be pulling back. And I think I wouldn't be surprised I haven't had time to go look on the left, but I would bet you're starting to hear a lot of similar language. Uh, coming out on other networks as well, because they need to start turning the American population towards
0: ending the conflict in Ukraine. I wonder if that would indicate a build-up toward the effort against China, or the Correct. pivot to China. That's exactly right. We have to pivot. That pivot's coming.
1: And you have to know that that's more important than Ukraine. Ukraine, which they have pushed as the most important thing facing democracy.
0: Well, here's how you know. Is is DeSantis getting attacked for what he said?
1: I have not heard anybody attack DeSantis for that.
0: So, you know, that would indicate... Because if he, if he was getting major blowback or all of a sudden the media comes out like, you know... Because you should expect if Tucker airs that just like he airs all the j six footage if it's if it's not allowed or if there's some sort of other you know then they are you would expect a a massive line of attack ready to come after DeSantis for that and paint him as a big america first trumpkin
1: right and and because it 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 feeds into their narrative that uh that that you know people on the right. Don't get it, we don't see what's at stake here, uh, and yet they're not taking that opportunity to slam him with that. So, I think you might be right, that is a good indicator. I'll keep my eyes open for that. So, uh, uh, let me let me move on to the second part of this election update because it involves Ron DeSantis, and this, this blew me away actually. So, Ron DeSantis. He held an event called Expose the Book Ban Hoax, which is a terrible name for an event. Expose the Book Ban Hoax. It sounds like Expose the Book Ban is the hoax. (laughs) He's got some issues with packaging. And when I watched this segment, I was left with the feeling that this guy's got no chance to win the nomination unless Trump has a stroke and exits the race uh, if if Trump is not in the race I think DeSantis has an extremely good shot of taking the nomination if Trump is in the race he has no prayer I think and I'm gonna play why he so at the beginning of this event he shows a video and I want to prepare our our listeners for this the the video that he shows is it shows uh, exactly the content that is in the books that they're looking to remove from the system. Now' I'm, I've been very careful. I have removed all of the vulgarity, the overt vulgarity that is in this video that he played for this room full of people. And uh, well, you'll hear. you'll uh, let me let me play the clip. And if, it's, if, I've, if I've missed the mark in terms of preparing this for the show, Jeremy, you can cut, cut in and let me know. Wait a minute. Okay? What am I
0: about to hear? You're about to hear his video that he played for this room full of people. Okay. So DeSantis played this video. Correct. And you say it had it had some vulgar content. You went to Liberties to eliminate that for our audience and for that my sensitive correct. ears. Thank you for that.
1: Well, I know we have we have children listening to this program, which I'm very it's smart Very exciting, children. yes. Uh, and and I want to be very respectful to those children and to their parents. And Thank so you. I've I've made an effort here, and I hope I, I hope I hit the mark. It, like I said, if I didn't, you tell me. But let's let's listen to this. Flamer by Mike Curato, was founded Broward,
9: Collier, Hillsborough, Marion, Seminole, and Volusia County Schools.
1: And by the way, I just want to say the music that they've chosen is absolutely awful. It's hypnotic. Are they looking to
0: put people to sleep? Or maybe they want to hypnotize them.
1: (laughs) Dad? Yeah, okay.
9: (laughs) It may be right. (laughs) Hang on. Flamer by Mike Curato was founded Broward, Collier, Hillsborough, Marion, Seminole, and Volusia County schools. The camp the boys go to in the book has an island that the book says looks like a frying pan, but we're all certain it looks like... It also contains... Another where a boy watches... (laughs) While noting that those... (laughs) And if none of this causes you to pause, there's another section where... (laughs) Into a bottle. Let's Talk About It by Erica Moen and Matthew Nolan. Was found in a Broward County school and contains graphic depictions of... (laughs) While also including an entire section for... Even more startling is the guide on how encouraging them to send photos that don't include your face, hide your birthmarks and scars, and edit out your piercings and tattoos. Books by Rupi Kaur, such as Homebody, Milk and Honey, and The Sun and Her Flowers, have been found in 15 schools. Homebody says These books are clearly not just conversation starters about the birds and the bees. They are pushing an agenda. Gender queer was found in Orange, St. Lucie, and Hillsborough County schools and is a graphic novel depicting and encouraging trans surgery by equating the scars from top surgery, the cutting off of females breasts with a tattoo.
1: Okay. So that's it. <laughs> that's all I'll play from that. Did I, did I? Do you feel like I addressed that correctly?
0: I think, yeah. I The only thing I would have added is uh, even the that last little part, you know, is kind of, you know, an ugly description uh, of body mutilation. I can't believe he would play something. So, I mean, here's the thing. If you went to those lengths to censor that much of it it had to be outrageous
1: it was very vulgar and very descriptive of, of sexual acts because that's what's in the content it's unbelievable now I think that part of the reason for that I, I think that there is in some ways there's some utility in, in this because the left is saying that none of this is being taught to begin with and I think that the human the human impulse is to try and minimize any of this. Humans like are great, gravitate towards uh, uh, people getting along, copacetic. They don't want to think that this is happening, and so I think they're very easily led to believe that it isn't happening when it is put in your when it's put up front in your face like this. I think that there is some ut- utility however they may have wanted to prepare their
0: own audience for it well yeah uh, but i would I, say i think you're right to a certain extent however in my view the f- of the like i said the extent to which you felt compelled to censor those things out really uh makes me think it it it's really bad. And in fact, you know, I I imagine that what they were describing were things that I don't want my ears to hear.
1: Yes, because that's, I that can't, is absolutely
0: true. Because well, I can't un- out- hear those things, you know, and those hearing and seeing are two major senses that leave impressions on your mind. And what I would point out is uh, this is actually something that came from the wonderful executive producer, Ann, who I'm married to um when talking about issues like this oftentimes it's like the Aesop's fable of the fox and the wolf where the fox starts to the fox sees the wolf and takes off running cuz he's scared and then the next day, the fox just kind of stays put and hides behind a tree. He's not so scared. And the last day, he goes up next to the wolf, and he's like, hey, you're not so scary. And in this case, I would say that it's those things that are being described are the wolf. I, I suppose, but again, the wolf is
1: there. You have to describe him somehow. The sheep need to know the wolf is there. You've got to say it. Well, right. I think you did that. The sheep need to know. Uh, But, uh, well, think about this, Jeremy. So let's assume you're in this room. And by the way, they had the children leave the room. And I noticed this because at the end of the video, I see in the video, uh, children walk back into the room. However, there's no warning on Twitter, which is where DeSantis posted this. This was available in full for kids everywhere else except for the children in that room. They can all see it. He gave no warning and he put it out there, which I thought was in, in, uh, I would was a say that's reckless.
0: irresponsible. Yes. At, yeah. at least. And, but my, but the point of that fable is, is that even for the adults in the room, it, it's sort of like hearing those things is the, the fox eventually had a level of comfort with, with the wolf. And so even though those things might be outrageous and alarming, the more they're, discussed openly that they're so shocking and so jarring that the argument is that there's a, a tendency to become used to it just like many right. of no, the I things that have you happened in our society to it. become yes. desensitized to the cultural rot yeah, jeremy again
1: i hear you but you still have to be able to discuss these things you have to be able to say there's a wolf in the room and he's right over right. there and he has fangs yeah we're doing it oh but the, yeah i understand that but jeremy we're doing it this way because there are kids listening and people who have sensitivities to this issue. Most people don't have that. And they do need to know exactly what these people are pushing on your children. And, it, and to some degree, it can't be sugar-coated. And it is going to maybe desensitize you and blame the left for even entering us into this conversation to begin with.
0: Well, I, I don't know. If I totally disagree with that or agree with that, I think uh, there probably is. And I think it's it's appropriate that they would ask the children to leave the room. Which is why he shouldn't have put it on Twitter like that. But he you should shouldn't put, my put it on, on Twitter. Twitter. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost something that like it, it deserves to be in a certain situation, like yes. maybe in a courtroom, right? Like oh, in, a, in, in, a in a
1: very controlled setting, right? Yes. Like in a courtroom,
0: yes. things get you. described that you would never want to hear or you know or or be you know like be exposed to there's you know certain crimes that people commit that are so appalling and shocking and those types of descriptions occur and a jury might you know unfortunately have to be subjected to hearing those things and the people in the room might have to be but it's not necessarily something to just put out there for public consumption
1: well, he, he's, he definitely, by doing so, he is, I think, he's looking to shock people. And this is now, let me get to the second part of this, because this gets to the heart of why I think this guy's toast, especially if Trump is in, is in the race. So he's just shown this video to this room full of people. It is, whatever you think of it, it is very charged video. And you are sitting there now, you have shocked people in the room. Any, and anywhere on a spectrum between, you know, uh, outraged and furious. So, okay, you've taken this time to set up this dramatic moment for your campaign, for, for these people. What do you do? Well, you would think you might capitalize on the, mo- on the moment, right? He's created this dramatic moment. And he completely blows it. He has zero stage presence, zero stage craft. Listen to what happens at the end of this video. And I'm going to play this for you. I have not added any silence. I have not done anything. I'm going to try to describe to you what is happening during this video. And I'm going to start it now. You're not even going to know I've started it. That's how silent it is. So the video ends and everybody's just sitting in there. And this is what they're greeted with. I've hit play already. The room is in total silence. They start to applaud because they're not really sure what to do. And now they're just sitting there again. They're looking at the screen, which is at the stage at the front of the stage, and it's now that the screen is being retracted up into the ceiling. Kids are coming back into the room. Can you feel the excitement? Vote Ron. And now Ron DeSantis comes into the room. Good morning. He's now on stage.
0: Thank you. Good to be back. Thanks so much. Hello. How are you doing? Good to see you. Nice dress. You look pretty.
1: Okay, so (laughs) can we just discuss for a moment how inappropriate it might be to compliment a little girl on her appearance and her dress after playing this video?
0: Yeah, that might not be good taste. I can tell you this. I know a website, if Joe Biden did that, would be having a field day. Talking about the pervert Uncle Joe that can't keep his hands off of little kids. Well, I've been so. hearing
1: some rumors about Desantis uh, uh, enjoying his time with younger
0: women. Not this young. This was a little girl. Yeah, I haven't heard any of that, but I don't. I don't want to speculate on anything. Right. I haven't heard well, like that. And that um, by the way, that's not the main gist of
1: my point in, in playing this, but that definitely jumped out of it.
0: It's uncouth <laughs> for she, sure. That's really,
1: not the most politically savvy. Move it's uncouth to make, for sure. Sure. Uh, so, and and but now this is the part that blew me away, Jeremy. It's going to blow you away because it it absolutely gets at what you are saying.
0: What? Okay. Thanks for coming. Well, thank you all for being here. Uh, I didn't have to view what you just viewed, so uh, I'm glad. Glad I didn't. But I think. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> wow i i mean i just want him to listen to what you played me <laughs> <laughs> i don't even you don't even need to listen to what they just viewed what you played me was already made me uncomfortable enough hearing just can the beeps. can you imagine you're sitting there in that audience
1: he has subjected you to this and then he comes in and says oh i'm glad i didn't have to watch that well, Wow. thanks ron that's why i don't think this guy has a prayer I think that he is—he's a temporary alternative to Trump, and if Trump remains in the race, this
0: guy's toast. He has no stage presence, zero stagecraft. No, I don't, and I never think—I never thought he did have a chance. I think for people to get worried about it is not worth their energy because he uh, doesn't—he just doesn't. All Trump has to do is run as an independent. If it came down to that, if somehow the party screwed Trump out of the nomination, which I wouldn't put it past him, if he, he's got such a strong base of support, I, and I think he might actually be willing to blow up the, the system if that happens, <laughs> he runs as an as a independent, and then there's no uh, DeSantis getting in there at all. That's for sure. So yep oh um, trump
1: should not let the the gop establishment ever
0: win anything ever again never no never it's a useless controlled opposition they're there to demoralize us and assist with the marxist insurrection so and you're only going to learn about this here on
1: truth that's right money, ladies and gentlemen We have come to that time in the program. I like this time. Right? This is an important time because we can tell people why we're doing this and how we're doing this. How we bring people to Truthbait Podcast. Jeremy, the way we bring people to the Truthbait Podcast is by using the value for value model. And that means that if you are listening to this program, you feel that we are bringing value to Uh, to your life, to your experience in our system uh, as you try to navigate the propaganda war that is all around us, then we are asking for you to return some value to the program because it takes a tremendous amount of effort, work, and resources to produce this program. And we ask for people to return that value either through time, talent or treasure. And the reason that we're doing this is because we are attempting to build a community of like-minded people who can support this program and be a part of this program. You're not just a listener. You're an actor. Listener, and you're a producer. When you write us, when you give us ideas, when you criticize us, when you praise us, th- that makes you an active listener and an actual producer of this program. the The old model is you have uh, you have hosts with a with a program, and you have the audience, and they're and never the two shall meet. They're very separated entities. The host is on top, the audience is on the bottom, and you. Uh, you consume what they give you that is not how this works on the truth bait podcast you are our producers and when you when that means that you can help make this your podcast you have something you want us to talk about you write us at truth at truthbait.com and we will well not always talk about it but we try to we find actually our 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 uh, our active listeners have been giving us amazing uh, uh, segment ideas and help uh, uh, suggestions, and that is an incredible piece of the value for value for value for value model. And another is, you know, we have uh, uh, Jeremy's w- Jeremy's wife, our top executive producer, who is. Doing so much to help uh, help this show get off the ground, she's helping with with uh, with artwork, uh, with show ideas. Uh, th- th- that is that is as well something that it could really help us out. If you have well, a talent, or uh, if you are able, to, if you're an artist, you know, these are these are the types of things we need. We need a website. There are ways to return value, Jeremy. I cut you off. What were you going
0: to say? She also tells me what to say.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good. That's positive. I and like that. And <laughs> then she listens.
0: When she listens to the show, she yells at me about what I didn't say and what I did. not listen yelled her. Uh-oh. No, I don't. She doesn't actually yell at me. But it. But uh, last week in, in or Tuesday's episode, I was I was joking because she sends a lot of stories. She gives a lot of uh, content ideas, and oftentimes I receive many. Uh, text messages on my computer from her while we're actually recording and I joked that I just click ignore, ignore, ignore. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that'll get you in trouble, uh, buddy. Yeah, Her face got a little <laughs> bit red
0: uh, when she heard me say that. Um, <laughs> Let's
1: not discourage her from sending in ideas. She sends amazing ideas, uh, great links, great stories, and we can't find everything ourselves. We need our producers to send us content. Um, I have other producers. Uh, so... Yeah, Janice in Arizona. She sent us something, and I'm going to play that as soon as we're done talking about this, but that's what this is. That's what... That's how this works. Yeah. You can become an integral part of this program. We are going to be very responsive to our active listeners, to our producers. Uh, Oh, you know, another great way that you can return value to the show is share the show. Hashtag share the show. That probably is the most important thing that you can do right now to help return value to this program. If you know people in your life who you think, need to hear this content could benefit from hearing this content uh, or maybe you know people who you will irritate by putting this content in front of them that works too. share the show share the show
0: and if it if you do send the show to people who you think it will irritate please ask them to write into us because Absolutely. we would love to have that conversation, um, yes, and we will make right. for it's great right. content. It will make for probably some pretty, uh, hopefully, some lighthearted, friendly humor. Um, if if there are people you know coming with some uh, different viewpoints uh, in the in the Marxist category, but. Um, you know, definitely it, and it helped in in the last episode. It gave us time to respond to people. People have different ideas than we do, and it it just helps encourage the conversation. I I think it's a great way for people to participate. Um, send in your comments. Send in stories that you think are important, and and we will definitely try to bring those in. Um. Oh, you know, we should we should thank Rico for writing in Rico in. Wisconsin, Rico in Walworth, Wisconsin, uh, he pointed out uh, something that he thought would be interesting to the audience because of what we were talking about uh, relating to the banking stuff last week. Uh, or tu- Tuesday with the uh, what
1: banking stuff?
0: The bank. There's only collapse. wokeness, right? <laughs>
1: what are you talking about?
0: The bank is that co- woke? The well, they said it was a woke bank, and that's why it was collapsing. But I don't think that was actually why. I think it was more uh, what Rico's uh, sort of trying to bring attention to is there is a cause out there. Uh, it was kind of started by Ron Paul back in the day which was to end the Fed and there are uh, some people now one of them is Thomas Massey who's a congressman out of uh, Kentucky who's got legislation on the table to audit the Fed uh, Rico says I've been supporting audit the Fed since Ron Paul introduced it long ago as a congressman it fits into your pro if it fits into your program I'd like the listeners to be aware and support this and encourage more efforts and pressure to get this bill passed in both houses It's high time people understand how the Federal Reserve operates and make this secret arm of the government transparent and accountable. Rico, thank you. I halfway agree. Uh, I think it's a good idea, and I definitely think people should go. uh, He's pointing people to chooseliberty.org. That's where you can find I believe a petition or something to sign. You can find out more information about this legislation. Just to clarify, the Fed is not an arm of the government. The Fed is a private bank. It's a private central bank, but many, many, many people, it is marketed as part of the government, and people believe that it is. Um, And Thomas Massey has a little video on the – on this site, and I would have played it, but the audio is not very clear, um, but he argues the reason for auditing the Fed will help to expose uh, what's going on there. They don't want it to be audited because that would have to that would end up causing them to change the way that they do things. Uh, I like that idea; I would just rather end it and cut it off and get rid of it. it's a monster that we don't need anymore. But Rico, yeah, but we can't
1: go back to the gold standard. But Rico the gold might standard is, a, a, is
0: a loser. Rico might have a better uh, strategy here, so people should look into it. And if anybody does look into it and wants to chime in on Rico's issue, I, I'm sure Rico would welcome it, and we would welcome it, too. I played the chimes there for you. I, Thank
1: you. That was, pretty, that was pretty quick of me to be right on. Johnny on the spot. Uh, Rico, yes, thank you very, very much for sending that in. Very much appreciate you communicating with us. Uh, That is, uh, like I said, that's exactly how this is going to work, and I hope that you feel that we are uh, being responsive and and paying attention to this uh, in a way that's important to you. Um, uh, You know, and 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't say there is one other way that people can be helpful,
0: and that is by... Calling Pfizer and asking them to sponsor us. (laughs) <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> Find us the big money. Uh, yeah, that's right. We don't take any corporate sponsorship. We never will. And if we do, we'll let you know. Uh, but it, we don't take corporate sponsorship. We have citizen sponsorship. And we don't even really have it yet. We're hoping to have it by episode 10. And I'm a little bit worried about us being able to have it by episode 10. We're going to If we do were it. to go with PayPal, PayPal would be no problem. We could sign it up and have it right away. However, PayPal is evil. And so we're not going to go with PayPal. I think Stripe might be a way to go, but we we still need to investigate. If any active listeners out there have any suggestions on the best way for us to accept uh, credit card donations, uh, we are all ears. Um, We need to find an alternative to PayPal. Uh, And if we don't find one by episode 10, perhaps we'll use PayPal, though I really don't want to. Uh, We need an alternative.
0: Jeremy, do you know of any alternatives? I've heard of Stripe, uh, Some uh, another podcast I listen to that works on the value for value model uh, does use Stripe or, or has used Stripe. So, so that may be the way we if go. If anybody knows about it. Do we um, offer PayPal just for people who want to
1: use PayPal? So, you know, There are still people out there with PayPal accounts. It might be worth it.
0: It might be worth it. Uh, some you got to pick your battles. Some you know right. it's like I don't I don't go to Starbucks ever. There's nothing that would ever get me to buy a coffee at Starbucks. I just won't do it. That other people go to Starbucks still. That's okay. It's a you know you there there are other evil companies that I still shop at. You just I think you pick your battles and you pick the ones that are easy. Maybe sometimes slightly sacrificial to. You know, go up against, um, but you don't. You, you yeah, can't Jeremy, follow at, every company and and know what they're up to. So, Jeremy at Starbucks though they have um, the display
1: case. They're offering uh, copies of Milk and Honey and the Sun and Her Flowers. So I don't right? know why you wouldn't go. <laughs> Is that right?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like Starbucks and won't do it. But PayPal might be something we have to do. I don't know. I still go to other stores that I know uh, champion left wing causes just because it's it's the easiest alternative. But uh, I do have another uh thing to point out um it's some an associate mike in in pennsylvania who i had asked to comment on the uh, wokeism conversation and uh he commented uh he responded to me about bethany who wrote the book about Uh, woke, and couldn't define it, Um, and this is somebody that knows very well uh, the dialectical Marxist attacks, he said that that the simple answer, the immediate answer for her should have been Marxism. And you had asked, uh, you know, what should people say, and the easiest response, the quickest response that you can give people when they want you to define woke is Marxism and when they say why you say why not right prove me wrong yeah so i just thought that was helpful and i want to yes. thank mike in pennsylvania for getting back to is me is mike with in that.
1: pennsylvania yeah is he he's the one responsible for you having that clip to begin with
0: no but he's responsible for some of the other details with that story so gotcha. yeah mike well thank you yeah, mike he does get some producer credit there
1: uh, you know who else gets producer credit for this episode that would be janice in arizona Uh, i don't know if you remember at the end of the last episode i mentioned that she had sent us a video from vote vets vote vets is a very far left leaning uh 501c4 organization uh which i believe means that they can engage in political advocacy uh They uh, they're attempting to have Fox News banned from all military bases around the world. Uh, Let me first of all, have you heard about that?
0: No, but I agree.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. The, but I, I I wanted to see if you if this had even really hit your radar other than
0: my talking about it. Uh, I have on not. The last episode. I I have I have not heard of it so You're uh,
1: going to because this is this is a, a very well-funded campaign. Let me play this for you. The most and By the way, you know it's well-funded when you start out with that music. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it, a Hollywood should, trailer. We should get that. It is very
0: Hollywood. We should see who they used. They (laughs) can make a trailer for our show.
1: (laughs) It is that easy. (laughs) You really can purchase these people to produce anything you want for the most part. The most valuable
3: weapon to the enemy is disinformation. That's why the Pentagon spends hundreds of millions training our troops to resist it. Yet at the same time, The U.S. military uses taxpayer-funded facilities to broadcast disinformation on military bases, knowingly letting false propaganda infiltrate the ranks. Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and Sean Hannity have open access to spread their conspiracy theories to U.S. troops. And now we know they knew. They were lies, just to boost their ratings.
6: The outcome of our presidential election was seized from the hands of voters. Disturbing irregularities have been found. Every American should be angry, you should be outraged.
5: But behind the scenes,
11: it was a different story. Carlson, Trump is a demonic force, he can easily destroy us. Hannity, Giuliani is acting like an insane person. Ingram, such an idiot. Bayer, There is no evidence of fraud. Rupert Murdoch. Carlson, Hannity, and Ingram should independently or together say something like, the election is over and Biden won. But they didn't.
5: Just to boost their ratings.
3: It's information warfare that divides the troops, hurts unit cohesion, weakens our readiness, and threatens our national security. And the lies how violent extremist groups recruit service members and veterans to turn on their oaths. A stunning one in seven of the hundred charged for their actions at the violent capital insurrection had military backgrounds. Jesus! The armed services have a duty to maintain good order and discipline. There's no excuse for allowing anti-American, anti-democracy, anti-military disinformation in the barracks, in the chow hall, or anywhere our troops serve. The Pentagon needs to ban Carlson, Ingram, and Hannity from all military facilities at home and abroad, right now.
1: So apparently, woke trannies in the new military don't like Fox News. Yeah, they
0: might. I, I don't know if that. First of all, thank you, Janice. I I have not heard that. Um, they might want to rethink that campaign. It's it's like that might backfire on them it might make people why do you think so well it's like like when they talk about going after your guns everybody goes and buys guns or they talk about you know not making ammo available everybody goes and buys meant to drive people back into the fox camp well, I don't know if it's meant to do that, but that might be an unintended consequence of this Oh no, of... you, No, Jeremy, think like Jeremy. <laughs> this is a dialectic attack. Oh, they're you're right. Are... There's a deeper conspiracy at play, which is <laughs> they're actually right. Fox News does spread disinformation, and they want soldiers watching that.
1: Well, they want us fighting about it. They want everyone drawn into camps. Everything is like this. They're drawing people into camps. Plus yeah. I think there's another there might be another element to this. They have now spent two plus years driving everyone out of the military who isn't a progressive. And so actually they it just may be getting to the point now where the people who are left in the military they don't they they honestly don't want to watch Fox News. The market has changed.
0: Yeah, I know they don't Care when uh, soldiers they want graduating West Point, you know, have uh, communist flags stuffed in their hats, and
1: no, vote had no problem with that. Yeah, that's okay. Spencer yeah, they want Rapun- Maddow. Yeah, they want Maddow. That's what they want. Madow looks like them, so that's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, vote feds. I've encountered them before uh, during the. I think it was the twenty sixteen no, it was the two thousand eight convention in Denver, the Democratic Convention in Denver. They were they were outside uh acting as though they were protesting against the Democrats, but it was pretty clear they were pro Democrat. They're very well funded. They took in whew, north of twenty five million in the last election cycle.
0: Hmm. I mean we should see who their donors are. See if they want to be citizen sponsors here. I would bet you Pfizer is one of their donors. <laughs> so, yep, yeah, that's
1: uh, vote vets trying to ban Fox News. I, you know what? I'm with you. I think that they should ban all uh, cable news from all military bases. I don't know why any of this yeah, garbage is being fed to any of I our think soldiers. It's fine,
0: I'd go for it. Ban it. Ban MSNBC. Ban CNN. Yep. Give ban them, them all. books. I would give them books. I would give them the Communist Manifesto to read. So they because that's that's not
1: a bad idea. Because when uh, I
0: because when I had left wing views, that's what I went and read Communist Manifesto. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) But this is
1: what I believe? This doesn't sound
0: this doesn't sound good at all. And this is kind of exactly like what I'm seeing happen. So yeah. How about reading books? How about yeah, know the, your enemy? Why do why do they need to be sitting around watching TV? I don't think they need. I, 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 is, is that what they have time to do? We have a we, how many wars are going on right now?
1: Right, they should be watching entertainment if they need a distraction. They should be watching movies. The, the Fox News included all of these cable news programs are toxic. It is political pornography meant to just incite because that is where they make money. Yep. So I don't think that that's something that our troops should be engaging in anyway. No. I think that every time the left comes out with one of these campaigns, we should jump right on board and steer it right in our direction. That'll be the guarantee- quickest way
0: to get rid of it.
1: Right. They'll, they'll shut up real quick. It's like the
0: reparations movement. You think the left really wants to give reparations to all the black Americans out there that are descendants of slaves? They don't want to do that. They know I it's do. a losing cause. They know it's not going to happen. They know conservatives are going to fight against it, well, so they can they keep only saying wanted if, they're racist.
1: They want it if they can get that money into their own coffers, if it goes into Acorn, the acorns of the world or you know, whichever organizations it'll, they right. have now. It'll
0: never go in the form of checks to people. Never. It'll, it, it'll go right it, – you're exactly right. It'll go right into their pocket. You want to see the reparations movement disappear, start demanding reparations.
1: Absolutely, and I am just for the record, I am one hundred percent on board for some type of compensation to descendants of slavery, American descendants of slavery, and for that matter, uh, Americans who were discriminated against under Jim Crow. Uh, I think if you can show that you were discriminated and you can bring a case, you should be able to uh, receive the reward because it did happen.
0: Well, I would give. A, I real. would start by giving away the national, all any land that's owned by the government. That'd be a good start. We don't need, but the they government.
1: have to. They have to agree to continue to be a part of the United States of America. <laughs> you don't want to just give people land so that they can then form their own country. That's what the left wants.
0: I don't know. Yeah, about they that. want
1: they want multiple countries here. They want to return to a
0: confederacy. That's what they want. No, they want, they want regions.
1: N- yes, but th- those regions will be very autonomous. They they talk openly about wanting a black nation, a brown nation. They're looking for segregation.
0: Yeah, but not in the form of actual separate governance. I think. No, they I know. Still want if you give centralized people- top down power.
1: But if you if you give people land like that, I would I, again. I just would want to make sure that there are strong covenants in place that show that that convey this is still part of the United States of America. It's yours, but it's still part of the United States of America. Yeah. Maybe even you give them. Maybe they can have a state. I, I I don't know. I don't know the answer. I know that they are due uh, uh, recompense. They they do deserve to be made whole. In some way, and I don't think our nation will ever move on until we somehow address it.
0: The best argument I had ever heard was uh, from Paul McKinley, uh, who who said, hey, there were a lot of people got land for free from the government. They got to go and work that land, farm that land, improve that land, turn it into something, and that slaves didn't have... That same opportunity. And so if that's the case, if that's true, yeah, my argument is, okay, let's, I don't want the federal government owning land. I don't want them locking up land that they end up kicking cattle ranchers off of, or they end up protecting for swamp minnows and the resources are unavailable to the people. So I say, let's go ahead and let's have another land rush. And put it back in the hands of the people. That's the best yep. idea. Stake I your come claim. Up
1: with. Give them stakes. That's exactly right. Stake your claim. You give them stakes. You
0: have them go out and claim their land. If you can make it better and, and you wanna work you wanna get the same opportunity that other people had, yeah, why not try it? Yep,
1: I agree. So uh you know, I have an I have a story about anti-Semitism in Wisconsin, but now we're starting to I think we're starting to get a little bit along. I, I,
0: I'm wonder, I'm thinking about uh, holding this
1: until our next episode.
0: Okay, you don't think it's you don't think it's important to talk about anti-Semitism? <laughs> it, <laughs> don't you see what you did there? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're right. It's callous. <laughs> it is very callous of me. You can do that. Um, it's
0: okay. You are a Semite.
1: <laughs> I have a hall pass. You can decide if it's
0: important or not.
1: Well, it is important. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking we might be able to hold it until, until our next episode. It's just anti-Semitism is apparently off the charts in Wisconsin. That's the, that's the new narrative. I just came from a meeting last night. <laughs> Clan meeting? What meeting? <laughs>
0: <laughs> round up the Jews meeting.
1: Yeah, that's right. You're in Wisconsin. That's right. You're rounding up the Jews. You're and you're one of these Christian nationalists, aren't you? You're the, you're
0: the, you're what I'm supposed to be fearing. I'm the worst because I'm a Jewish Christian nationalist. I think Jews should no, get I'm out of not. Wisconsin. I now. think <laughs> the Christian nationalism is another one we're going to be talking about soon. That is something for people oh, yes. to look out for because yeah, they're
1: freezing. They're freezing Christians. Yeah, that's,
0: because part, one of the one of those uh, attacks that's coming is they're they're pigeoning everybody. Into their the J six, uh, protests going on were you know all Christian nationalists. They're going to start yep. basically. They're going to spin the narrative that Christians are traitors, belong in prison, criminals. The Christians are the revolutionaries. The Christians are the oppressors, and ultimately that's what the Marxist lines of attack are really against. They're they're less against america and american uh freedom as much as they are they're more really designed and marx was really designed more to eliminate god um well yeah sure i mean god's one of the biggest hurdles that that used to bind us all together
1: and they're he's doing a very good job of,
0: he's the single and only hurdle mm-hmm. against evil
1: <laughs> uh and they're well on their way to fighting it so um well here let me i'll, I'll let's try and go through it very quickly We'll try and go through it quickly. Because now that we've teed it up, I feel, I'm worried that our listeners would be upset if we, if we don't go through it a little bit. The big tease. <laughs> the big tease. Uh, okay, so anti, anti-Semitism is off the charts in Wisconsin, apparently. Uh, Jews, get out of Wisconsin, immediately flee. For the
9: seventh consecutive year, anti-Semitic incidents in Wisconsin have increased. It is a trend of hate that since 2015 has risen 494%. As McKenna Alexander explains, it's a state and national issue that has Wisconsin leaders digging into the data. McKenna?
8: Yeah, Jewish leaders in Wisconsin tell me these latest numbers are consistent with with national data, painting a picture of hate that's only been increasing in recent years.
1: And I'm just going to point out, not one Jew in the newsroom to, to produce this report. I mean, could you imagine just a room full of uh, of you know white uh, white men uh, discussing plight of the black community, and not having a single black person on hand to help them? Crap usually, the segment. how it goes. And they've been very upset about that. I'm just happy. I'm not upset about it. I don't think there are enough Jews to staff every newsroom. I just am noticing that they didn't seem to be able to have. Uh, they couldn't assign the story to any Jew. Miriam
8: Rosenzweig is the president and CEO of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. She's also the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors and is one of the many Jewish people experiencing increased hatred.
1: Aren't most children Jewish Jewish people today the uh, offspring of survivors of the Holocaust? Of some
0: extent,
8: yes.
1: Right? Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it, to me, it, it seems like they're establishing her. Uh, her, her bona fides as somebody who's a part of an oppressed class.
11: What we're seeing is people speak out loud what they used to whisper.
8: According to the most recent annual audit from the Jewish Community Relations Council of Milwaukee, from 2021 to 2022, there was a 6% rise in anti-Semitic incidents in Wisconsin, with a 494% rise from 2015. Rosenzweig attributes this partially to the past decade of challenges and the notion that during difficult times, people look for simple solutions. There's a lot of conflict right now, and it all feels
11: existential, um, regardless of which side side of the aisle you're at. And so I think that kind of environment uh, creates an opportunity for people to feel that they need to blame someone for the challenges that they're having, especially when we're so polarized that it's definitely the other's fault.
8: When it comes to tackling misinformation, conspiracy theories, and hatred toward Jews, Rosenzweig believes education and community engagement is key toward a safer Wisconsin for everyone. But if
11: I only think about the Jewish community, then we have missed the point. Um, We are not strong as a community unless the community around us is strong. We are not strong as a society unless everybody has the opportunity to grow and be strong and um, access the wonderful country that this is.
1: By the way, I really don't like that sentiment that she says at the end, the Jewish community organizations should probably be focused on the Jewish community. The Anti-Defamation League began to destroy itself when it decided that it wasn't just about anti-defamation against Jews. They decided that they were about Everything wrong in the world, all social injustice, and now uh, most Jews I know can't stand them. So uh, I think that's a, a, a dangerous move for her to make. It's a very progressive uh, tactic, and I, I hope that um, I hope it, I hope that they back off of that. I don't have any. I, I don't know that they will. I don't a very faith tip- that they will. But, but that's, that's a
0: very p- typical pattern. That that's what they. That's what yeah. actually Black Lives Matter was itself. It sounds like it's a black movement. In reality, it's a Marxist movement for every other group of so and so that's out there. Right. And, it's and, it's intersectionality, right? Isn't it? And then yeah, the, in the BLM it was specifically about homosexuals and trans. Uh, transvestites in the in in this case she's saying the same thing she's saying it's 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 allow let allow us to use any anti-semitism to further our own marxist causes
1: well and i think that she's saying this isn't we're not we're not just focused on anti-semitism we we're focused on all communities everybody and and not only that notice that the what this what this media clip did this was a very this was sort of tricky what what they did her answer has nothing to do with the setup from the reporter listen when it comes
8: to tackling misinformation conspiracy theories and hatred toward jews rosenzweig believes education and community engagement is key toward a safer wisconsin for everyone
11: but if i only think about the jewish community then we've missed the point
1: she's not answering what she what what was uh set up in the in that in that first part She's not talking about educating other communities. She's talking about making sure other communities have access to the American Dream. What in the world does that have to do with the alleged rise of anti-Semitism in Wisconsin? Nothing. Oh, I that is it that's the signal, right? No, that's the signal that they're taking over the organization. <laughs> that's that's what I think. I the, uh, I could be wrong about that, but the, usually that is the signal that they're beginning to that they're hollowing out the organization
0: and they're going to wear it as a carcass. Uh, a sheep's uh, clothing. She said uh anti-semitism was up some 400% in Wisconsin. It, uh, from
1: 2015 they had to go back almost a decade to get that stat. And so, so uh, I I heard
0: that. <laughs> is that like going from one event to four? Jeremy. I, so I thought to myself, okay, well,
1: if this is if this is happening, if this is off the charts, there must be a lot of news coverage of it, right? No. <laughs> so I I went and look this was Channel 3 out of Madison. They call themselves Channel Three Thousand, <laughs> they're so they're that progressive. <laughs> they're, they're, they're uh, Of course, when the when the year Three Thousand comes around, they're gonna they're gonna be really popular. But they the I went through looking at their at their archives. I could only find one incident in the last
2: year. You have to go back.
1: You have to go back twelve months. And and here it is.
2: UW Madison leaders are condemning anti-Semitic messages that were found written in chalk all around campus.
1: Sorry, this was six months. University I officials wrote about say this. the messages
2: targeted Jewish student groups, calling them racist and genocidal. The school's vice chancellor and deputy vice chancellor released a statement apologizing to the Jewish student body and others who may have been affected by the comments. They also note that the school strives to create a campus where every student feels they belong.
0: There needs to be a discussion about what we feel has happened and where this fits into a continuum of anti Semitic behavior
9: uh, that's been ongoing.
1: Well, I don't know if you noticed what wasn't presented in that report. Any description of who it could have been. And you notice that they didn't say any, they didn't make any connection to white nationalists. You know why? Because. Anti-Semitism on campus is almost exclusively driven by radical Muslims and the leftists who have enabled them on campus. You want anti-Semitism on campus? Go talk to any progressive; they will spill forth the gates of of uh, the bank, spill forth the banks of of, of anti-Semitism. Uh, uh, Israel and Jews today are the the height of all evil. So. Uh, it's. It, I find it very interesting that, that this is the only other piece of anti-Semitism that you can find occurring from this from this particular news outlet uh, occurring anywhere in Wisconsin. I wrote about six that months story. ago. Yeah, that was in yeah, September. I wrote
0: about it. it at the at the Gateway Pundit and. It was, it was interesting because at the time I saw that headline and I didn't see any coverage anywhere. Like there was nothing, nobody was talking about it. And, oh, you'd, yeah, yeah. and you'd think, just like this story you found reports, that, that people would be up in arms. But who's running around University of Madison? It's not exactly Trumpville.
1: No, it, I'm telling you, it is radical Muslims and the progressives they are aligned with. And this, these are the people who have driven Jews out of uh, the entire social justice network that, frankly, Jews had a huge hand in building. Uh, uh, every cause that was important to Jews, Jews are getting pushed out because the, the,
0: of the chalk that was there that time. Uh, was chalk on the sidewalk. It said, "Zionism is racism. Zionism is genocide," um, and uh, blood on your hands, Zionist. This is language that comes straight out of what you're saying. That's the pro-Palestinian, the anti-Israel boycott, divest, sanction movement. That's on all of these left-wing campuses, and and it's funny. Those things hardly get reported on, but now uh, the rise and the increase in anti-Semitism in Wisconsin, you know, nobody seems to be pointing their finger at, at where it's coming from, huh?
1: No, and in fact, they have invented a whole group in order to point the finger so that they can, uh, they can have a target that isn't from the left. Do you remember, uh, I think it was episode three, where we talked about the Goyam Defense League. Right. Right. So they were in Florida.
0: Here I'll play a very short excerpt from He'll the Hitler, clip. He'll. He'll
10: Hitler. He'll
0: Hitler. Look at what? this. F- right. And that whole thing was fake. It
1: totally uh astroturfed, and they did this same group did some work in Wisconsin. And so here I found. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Goim Defense League left leaflets in Wisconsin. Uh, and that is not the clip. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I don't have, Oh, no, where is it? Oh, no, hang on, hang on.
0: Here, Phil Vamp. Oh, I'm holding on. Did you come unprepared, Andrew?
1: I guess I did. I thought I had it queued up, and I had a different clip queued up. Uh, Okay, this is from WCCO CBS in Wisconsin. Uh, No, WCCO CBS is in Minneapolis, but they're covering a Wisconsin story. The beginning of this clip is going to be a little bit uh, weird. We're going to have to edit it in post.
6: Anti-Semitic posters are starting to pop up across Wisconsin. The flyers were first spotted in Florida and have since been seen across six states. The sheets all contain the same hateful message, blaming the Jewish community for the COVID-19 pandemic. Emerson Lehman reports.
5: I don't know what the thinking was behind where they were distributed. From Florida to
2: Kenosha, hundreds of anti-Semitic posters were recently distributed blaming the Jewish community for the COVID-19 pandemic.
5: The topic of the flyer, which has been seen, the same exact flyer has been seen all across the country, is um, saying that Jews are behind COVID.
1: So a spontaneous, nationwide (laughs) leafleting, which is very common in in one-off grassroots groups of of Jew-haters. This was completely manufactured so that they could have a white target to point at as they are attempting to terrify Jews and keep them on the progressive plantation, Uh, they had to have a white target. The problem for them is that actual acts of anti-Semitism are largely coming from the left.
0: I never heard that before. You don't think they could be right?
1: (laughs) There are anti-Semites in every group. Uh, As a Jew, I can tell you, I am not afraid of the alleged uh, wave of white nationalist anti-Semitism. Sure, it's out there. I've seen it. But what is far more pervasive is what is happening on the left. And I, you know, I have to say it. One of the reasons that it's so much more pervasive comes from the Jewish community. The Jewish community refuses to call out the left uh, with no apology. Uh, uh, they just won't do it. They they feel it it uh, is would be an attack. Uh, on their on their own, I guess they're very good at 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 pointing out where people on the right uh, uh, are anti Semitic or white nationalist or racist. And I'm fine with that, frankly. I don't have a problem with the spotlight they put on the le- on the right. I want them to put the same spotlight on the left, and they refuse to. You you would think that just asking them to do that is some sort of anti Semitic attack. On its own, but it is absolutely critical if the Jewish community does not begin to self-examine its relationship with the left and the the toxic anti-Semitism on the left. Oh, there'll
0: be no resolving this at all. Well, that's because it's a Marxist attack narrative, and that's why they are uh, finding their intersectional. Uh, similarities with other groups other marxist associations um i know though that i will never again have chinese matzo ball soup after hearing that story (laughs) i don't even know what chinese matzo ball soup is it's evidently where covid started (laughs) <laughs> that was bat soup. <laughs> I think it was Chinese matzo You're ball soup. You're telling me the bat was the bat in Jewish? Was the bat was Jewish. No, it was Chinese matzo ball soup at a wet market in Chinatown in Tel Aviv. You are blowing my mind. <laughs>
1: Well, there you go. All oh, right, Jews flee Wisconsin immediately. It is it is a dangerous state.
0: I'm packing my bags.
1: Oh, I also love just this just the last thing. The 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 woman from the federation. She said that she she wants everyone to enjoy the 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 gifts of being an American. You know the the the, the wonder that this country has to offer. Well, okay. Well, which is it? <laughs> yeah, are, are we this raging anti-Semitic country with five hundred fold uh, increase in, in in anti-Semitism, or is this a country that everyone should want to be a part of?
0: Yeah, or maybe it's both. That too. Uh,
1: well, that's all I've got, Jeremy.
0: Well, I uh, I think that was uh, something we should stay on top of. I think uh, that anti-Semitic narrative is always used uh, at times of convenience. And I guess this must be one of those times. Absolutely. It is. Well, I think it's also time to let... Don't. Is, Is it? To let the listeners go.
1: I didn't know if you had anything else that you wanted to talk about and I didn't want to cut you off early but I had the same feeling felt like we were at the end of our ride today we don't want to over captivate anybody but we should overthink our producers and active listeners Janice in Arizona Rico in Wisconsin Mike in PA uh Ann in Jeremy's living room.
0: Am I leaving anybody out? I don't think so. That was a good uh, amount of audience participation today.
1: Please keep it up. More—that is what makes this show.
8: Tell share the show. Share friends. the
1: show. That's right. Yeah, Jeremy and I had
0: the right idea. The same idea. <laughs> share the show and let people know why. We think will make you smarter. Or at least think differently about some of these things that we're confronted with.
1: Jeremy, thank you very much for your brilliant analysis today, and I look forward to being with you again and our audience every Tuesday and Friday without
0: fail so without fail you've even recorded the show from California today thank you we will without fail be here again every Tuesday and Friday to the best of our ability I was gonna
1: steal your line (laughs) I wasn't gonna let you I knew you were going to
0: (laughs) I didn't give you even a split second pause I knew that's what you were going for to the best of our ability thank you very much ladies and gentlemen and now
1: back to the sea of clickbait with you all